when I got went to Leanne's story and I saw that Amanda Seals spoken word poem that she posted where it was specifically that clip where she said, Black girl magic, this is something that can't be imitated, emulated, and da 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 da. And I said, okay. And that's all really cute and everything. But I just feel like that's a very tactical move. Cause you know black women are gonna respond to that and be like, oh yes, this, like, yes, Leanne, like, yeah, we and don't do that, Leanne, because I haven't forgotten that when Talisa doubled down on her bullying and mistreatment of Misha B last year, you were backing it. You liked it. You liked the video. And you didn't speak to the things that Misha B was saying about you. You played a massive part in that. And I don't personally buy that you reached out to Misha B privately to apologize. King documentary you know what I actually saw on my tv tracker that there's another season coming and I'm like you know what of course there's more of this madness this is one of the craziest documentaries I've ever seen but what is there like to provide what what more is there so I think it's actually next month it's coming back so I'm actually ready for it but anywho This is going to be a brief one. So welcome to the underrated podcast, you guys. Let me actually welcome you and thank you for coming and listening. But yeah, so this one is going to be a brief episode. I do briefly, so I'm going to get straight into it with new music because I actually love the track that I chose for the intro this episode. So it is West Indies by Coffee and it came out on the 7th of October, actually. 
But yeah, it's a tune in it. I really, really like West Indies. It's a good song. And yeah, I'm going to really start listening to Coffee now because I'm not going to lie. She's not an artist that I ha- I know much about. Um, yeah, I, w- I was put on by Toast, which is her biggest single. And yeah, I see that she's released quite a few. So I really, really am excited because both of them are really good songs. And even though they're the only two I've heard from her, they're both really good. So I'm like, yeah, I, I need to listen to to more of her um so yeah I just thought it would be a really good intro for this episode because it's such a good it's such a tune and um Midnight Snacks as well I do just before we actually move on to new music I feel the need to mention that Khalees has released a single as well she released a single on the 8th of October so the next day and I I just think it's so funny that she released this single it's called Midnight Snacks um as I mentioned and if you guys are familiar with what Khalees is up to these days, she doesn't sing anymore. She hasn't actually released anything since 2014. So this is her first song since 2014. So when it came up in my, you know, my feed on Tidal, on, on um, well, you know, it, came, it would have come up last week, but because I wasn't really like, I didn't have my ear to much music that week, like in terms of new music. Um, so... Yeah, I didn't listen to it then. I listened to it this week. And yeah, when I saw, when I went to my feed, I saw it then. I was like, Khalees, releasing music? Oh, I've got to hear this. And then I was like, oh, okay. So the song's because, like I sorry, that's what I was, I was going to go into. If you guys are familiar with what she's up to now, she cooks now. So she, I think she has her own farm and she does her own recipes. And like, and they look good too. Like her food looks really, really nice. So that's basically what she's been doing. And yeah, she don't talk. She minds her business. <laughs> like she living her best life basically, but by, by the looks of it, because you know she don't really talk or or yeah, you, can, you don't really hear from her unless it's about her food basically. Um, and I think she got a Skillshare class as well, so she doing things. And yes, I'm really surprised. I reckon the reason why I think it's so funny that she put this single out is I really think that she has some fans that were on her to release music. Because when you guys were, you know, if you are familiar with her, when she was about, her her tunes were really good. So I can imagine that she's got a big fan base that ask her every once in a while to come back and do music. Even though it's been like seven years now, 2014. So yeah, um, I reckon she did this song to shut those people up. And the song is not good. It's trash, in fact. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I don't like the song. The song's bad, but I just think it's so funny that she released it because I think she made it trash on purpose to shut those people up and to never ask her to do music again, come back to the music industry again for one. And I also do think that a little part of her, because she didn't just get in the booth for that reason, do you know what I mean? I think a little part of her wants to show people like, this is my love now. Like, it's not really, not that it's not music anymore. She probably still is a lover of, of music as a consumer, but, you know, like, her love isn't probably creating music anymore. It's food. So I think that's why she called it Midnight Snacks. <laughs> so I just thought it was funny. And yeah, like if if it's really an introduction to Khalees doing music again, which I don't think it is, I'm here for it. I don't think this was the best. In- so let's, let's judge it as that. If this is the introduction to an album at some point, which I doubt, it's not a good one. <laughs> Considering she's been off the scene for so long. We needed Milkshake Khalees. Do you know what I mean? So... And Milkshake isn't even her best song either. It's definitely what her most popular, but it's not her best. But, you know, that kind of energy is in right now anyway, in terms of what the girls are doing. So that Khalees would have needed to make an intro- introduction, in my opinion. And yeah, so I assume that that's not what's going down. 
But if it is, uh, and there is a project underway, I do hope it's filled with good tunes. But anywho, Midnight Snacks, Khalees. Um, So on to new music. So this week, we had a few releases. Only singles though, so I guess it won't really take long to say my feelings on them. But Easy On Me, Adele. You had to just... We're starting with the heavy hitters, <laughs> you guys. Um, but yeah, so Easy On Me by Adele. It was released on Friday, 15th of October. And uh, this song, I actually don't know what if I can... I think I'm going to let the clip play first. And I think you guys will meet me where I am at when you hear the clip, if you haven't heard it already. easy on me Adele you know what she is a real artist she is such a beautiful songwriter and I just don't know there are many artists that measure up anymore she really is amazing in terms of her vocal ability uh, the arrangement on this song the melody the lyrics everything was just beautiful beautiful Adele is really a um she's an artist man sorry I'm all in my feelings now because as I was playing the clip I was reading the lyrics as well because there was a little portion that I meant to quote that I have in my notes but I missed out one or two lines so I went back to the lyrics and I'm just reading it from the beginning to the end and I suggest you guys do that because sometimes when you are re- just reading the lyrics and not listening to the song, you take in the words just a little bit deeper because, you know, when you listen to the song, your mind is taking in many things, the beat, you know, the melody, the arrangement, the vocals, the lyrics, everything, you know? So sometimes when you, and I only realized this when I started analyzing songs properly, like going to do album reviews and things like that. So when I started looking up the lyrics. So yeah, when you really read the lyrics back, it hits different. And Adele is just, oh, her lyrics are so simple, but beautiful. And they really hit, they really hit you because, and that's what Adele is such a master at. She knows how to make the audience feel when you hear her art, when you hear her music, it transcends you to a 
to another place, to a place where you were feeling just like the feeling she's describing. And she's so good at that. She's so good at tapping into the experiences that she knows a lot of us go through and the feelings that a lot of us have had. And I just feel like she's really, really mastered in these lyrics, the <laughs> the complications of when you want to be mature and emotionally intelligent and accountable as a woman, but you also have feelings. Do you know what I mean? You also hurt and you also feel frustrated in relationships because what I get is this is kind of almost the end of the road. I guess this is probably about her ex-husband, um, which is of no surprise. I guess that's what a lot of us expected. Um, I wasn't sure. I thought we might get a mixture because I thought there might be a chance she wouldn't give us exactly what she thought we would get. We thought we'd get from her. I th- I thought that she might be like, everyone's going to think this is all about him. So let me actually intersperse it with different relationship experiences. But it does to me sound like this is kind of the end of the road, but not in the nastiest way. But the fact that she keeps saying, go easy on me, it seems that she's done something. <laughs> so um, she doesn't really describe what in the song, but you know, it, it's it's very much speaking to her feelings of, you know, conflict and and confusion, basically. Um, these lyrics are the ones that I set aside. I had good intentions and the highest hopes, but I know right now it probably doesn't even show. Go easy on me, baby. Um, and it's crazy because I earmarked that, but now that I'm reading the lyrics back, I'm like, that's not even the most beautiful part. It's really the first few lines. There ain't no gold in this river that I've been washing my hands in forever. I know there is hope in these waters, but I can't bring myself to swim when I'm drowning in this silence. Baby, let me in. Whew, child, I could cry right now. Like, so beautiful. And that's what that's the part, by the way, that makes me think it's about her ex-husband, not the go easy on me part, because I feel like that speaks to maybe certain things that I haven't unlearned from, you know, my past relationships or experiences because she keeps saying I was still a child, but the song doesn't really read like it's a story being told from a a young relationship. It sounds like an adult mature relationship. So yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. I guess, you know, part of art is that we're not, it's not meant to be that on the nose. Do you know what I mean? It's supposed to be about you figuring it out, but yeah, like the the part that makes me feel like it's about her ex-husband that she just getting a divorce from, I don't think their divorce seemed final, um, is there ain't no gold in this river that I've been washing my hands in forever. That to me seems like the finality, like the end of the road on a relationship that I've been in for a long time. You know what I mean? So that's what makes me feel like it's about him. But yeah, beautiful song, Easy On Me. Um, and it also, sorry, I, one last thing I want to say, the lyrics also kind of back up what Adele said in her Vogue interview, because there was a part where um, she was asked why they broke up, basically. And she said nothing really happened or went wrong. It was just, we, I, 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 I forget her exact words. I should have written the quote down. But I think she said something along the lines of basically nothing. We just realized we weren't right for each other. We were just kind of walking around, not really being happy, just kind of being content. Like they were, you know, I guess... Just, yeah, just like, just about content in the relationship, but they weren't really happy with each other. Like it happens all the time. People, as we 
go through life we grow and change and sometimes we grow into different people so that could have been what what happened and you know no one necessarily did anything wrong it was just you know it wasn't working anymore they weren't happy and and she said that she wants her her child to really see her happy and be loved and love not just you know be like oh we're here kind of thing which is fair enough um so I'm really really looking forward to the album the album is going to be called 30 um, as you guys know, Adele always names the albums after her age, but, um, this one was meant to be released when she was 30 years old. She's releasing it now. And I guess, cause the experiences still relate to that stage of her life as well as now, uh, the name is still relevant. So 30, it shall be. And it comes out Friday, the 19th of November. So I cannot wait for that. I'm so excited. I'm going to have a good cry for sure. When I listen to, I'm not even going to plan it. I know it's going to happen. Adele will definitely write a song that will make me cry for sure. Um, so yeah, now I wanted to start on a high because I'm about to enter in, I'm, I'm about to follow up with a disappointment. Um, so X for a reason, Summer Walker. Huh. Uh, yeah, I thought this song was garbage. Um, I can't lie. I'm not even going to play a clip to let you guys know because I've realised that I think there have been past episodes where I've played a clip to so show you how bad a song is. And I'm like, well, firstly, that's not nice. Secondly, it's a waste of my time. And thirdly, why am I doing this to you guys if I've just told you I don't think the song's good, you know? Um, but X for a reason. Wow, it was bad. Very lazy. I, not even lazy because I feel like it was an effort from her. I just feel like I didn't really get what she was trying to do, you know? Like, I, I didn't I, I didn't really understand why we were doing... Yeah, why are we here? Like, I don't know. It was an upbeat song. Maybe she doesn't really know how to make them. I, I feel a bit judgy saying that because I am aware I haven't listened to her first album. Over it was my put on to Summer Walker. But... I, mm. so so she might have, sorry, what I was getting at is that she might have an upbeat song that's good on that project, but she doesn't give me the vibe of an artist that does many. So I wouldn't say that that's the case. Um, but if I had to guess, but I don't know, may, maybe she's just not that skilled at, at doing the up-tempo tunes because the arrangement just seemed all over the place and it seemed a bit like she was rambling I don't know. I can't really describe it. And JT's verse, I didn't even take it in. Like, honestly, JT's, uh, this sounds really mean, but JT is not the greatest artist. So for her to sound best, the the best on this tune kind of speaks to how bad it was, in my opinion. I feel like Summer Walker just did this tune to get JT on a track and get her on the album. She didn't particularly care about the song. She just had to make it an upbeat one because you know, maybe for JT, her brand, I, I don't see how she would have fit in on a slower melody. So I get that she had to make it an up-tempo tune. It just wasn't good. Um, so I think that that's what, I, and I wouldn't have made it the leading, the promo tracks. I'm sure there's better songs on this album because her album is also coming out next month. So, and still over it, as we mentioned last episode with um, No Shape Pod. Love the girls from No Shape Pod, by the way. I had so much fun that episode. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't get it and I didn't love it. Um, love Summer and I'm exci- still excited for the album, but not happy about this song or excited about this song. But Still Over It comes out Friday, 5th of November. So pretty soon. So I'm hoping that there are better tunes to discover in that project um, because this weren't it for me. And You Know My Body 
by Dream Doll featuring Capella Gray also came out on Friday the 15th of October. So you guys might not know because I don't think I've spoken about her on the podcast, but I am a Dream Doll fan. I love a lot of the rap girls. Um, I very much subscribe to this whole, you know, raw, sexy, unapologetic female rap. And I really love a lot of the rappers coming out right now. I think Dream Doll is... Dream Doll confuses me because she's really good. I think she's really good. She's proved that she's a good rapper because I've heard her best performance for me was on that Tory Lanez diss track, which is crazy. But I guess it shows that real emotions brings out the creative side in you. Anger can really push that button. Do you know what I mean? And you could tell in this track, she was really mad at Tory. I believe that because she doesn't really clap back at niggas. Like she doesn't make that habit, you know? So I think she really felt violated and upset when he went on the breakfast club and just said they smashed for no apparent reason which they did she said it in, in the diss track but I think she was speaking to like that's corny like why are you doing that so what I fucked you and and she even said on the song like I used to like him as well so it's like it wasn't even like a, it seemed like she liked him like she had feelings for him as well so maybe that's why she was pissed off because she made it sound like it was just like a pass around thing because he said that she fucked some other guy that she said on the diss track that she didn't. So I think she was upset at the fact that he made it out like, yeah, I fucked Dream Tire Smash when she actually like had feelings for that nigga kind of thing. Um, but anywho, this was before we found out Tory Lanez is a piece of shit. So we won't spend too much on that, but I think hearing that diss track, and I'd already, I was already a Dream Dog fan before that, that's the thing, but I was more a fan of her voice and her performance if that makes sense like she can ride the beat really skillfully and she's got this new york like you know husky um authentic sound that i love like joey you know I, mean? I just love her voice and even where she switched her up a little bit recently because if you guys hear, heard her verse on thoughtbox that's another fire verse from dream doll um if you guys heard that verse she's changed up her voice a little she's made it even huskier she used to be a little bit um higher pitched so her team have clearly told her to, you know, fix that, <laughs> change that a little bit. Um, and even, even where she's changed it up, she's still got that New York draw, you know, that I really love. And it's still, you know, crisp. I like it. I think crisp is the word that I initially meant when I said husky first, because her voice wasn't really husky before. She's changed it to be that. So before it was more crisp and just, you know, authentically New York. And I love that. Now it's more husky and a little bit sexier. and But it's still got that crispiness to it that I like. It's, I, I really like But But when I heard um, the diss track, Tori's diss track, I said, oh, Dream can rap, actually. No, she can rap. I heard bars. The delivery was insane. The, even the ad-libs were fire. You know when someone is so exciting, they're coming up with so much, that like even the ad-libs are like... <laughs> oh, my God. It just makes you laugh. It just adds to the humour of the song. Because she has that spark. She's like, you finally got a tour with Drizzy. Now keep his dick out of your mouth. Then <laughs> ad-lib's like, dick mouth. I was like, ad-lib is... Dick mouth is such a funny ad-lib. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, um, so I love Dream Doll. I, I'm actually really excited to see what she hits us with because I genuinely think she could deliver. If she really sat down, I, I I just think that she's probably not got the best, not the best team, but just they haven't got the biggest budget. So they're not doing the most for her. So, um, you know, she hasn't got really much opportunities to show her what she can do in terms of a project so she her best bet is to catch people's attention by you know these tracks that they put out there and they just hope they'll go basically but 
my thing is, why can you, I don't understand why I really need to speak to more rappers and find out why to appeal to a wider audience. Cause I'm sure that's what she's trying to do. And that's why you don't really hear her deliver as much with the bars. But if you pay attention to her, she can rap. But I don't understand why that's not in the majority of her songs. And I feel like we keep, I keep coming to this place where when it needs to be marketable, you need to, you know, take away the fire a little bit. I don't really understand why. Like, you can even do little, you know, subtle bars that, you know, certain people that listen to a lot of rap music and hip hop will get, but it, you know, it's still linear enough to appear, um, to appeal to a wider audience as well. So I don't quite understand why it just has to be like basic bars. Like, it, it just, I don't get why that makes it marketable. So it, it because it's not really taken off, it just seems like she's just like one of these other, one of these girls that just, you know, show Nyash and shake ass and can't really rap and she can rap. So it's, it's just a little bit, especially coming from New York as well, where that's birthed a lot of authentic dope rappers. I just don't really understand why that's not the market. Um, like what? Why that's not what they're trying to market her as? Sorry. So anyway, I gave a little brief about her, but let me talk about the song. Um, so you know my body. I I I like what she tried to do here. I feel like she tried to do what a lot of people are doing, um, where she used a sample, um, to catch people's attention because that's you know, uh, it's a great marketing tool for a lot of people because you know people will listen to the song just because of nostalgia. And because they're curious about what someone has done to flip it, you know? So I think it's a clever attempt. I don't like that they fuck with the tempo of it. They, cause, oh, sorry, I didn't even say the song. It's Can't Let You Go by Fabulous. Sorry, guys, I'm all over the place today. Um, but yeah, Can't Let You Go by Fabulous is the sample that they use. I like that because it's a great sample. But it is, I don't like the way they fuck with the tempo. That track is perfect the way it is. I, I like it when people, do the sneaky sample where you don't really notice it. Like I said with last week's episode where I was talking about, am I, oh no, it wasn't last week's episode. It was on my um, Access Denied review that is on YouTube, on the YouTube channel for the Underrated Podcast. Go check that out, you guys. But uh, yeah, I was saying that I like how on MIA, it was a sneaky sample where it was a, it was Foolish by Shanti, but you almost can't really hear it the first few times you listen to it because it's that subtle. I'm not mad at this not being the choice for Dream Doll on this track because, you know, I feel like it was just a light track that you know is probably not going to be because, you know, this one wasn't very, it shouldn't promote it that much, you know what I mean? So it she knew it wasn't going to be for like wider audiences and, you know, it was just going to be the people that fuck with Dream basically. So I'm not mad where it comes to tracks like that to just, you know, slap on the normal, the instrumental and just whack your bars on it, you know, that's fine. Um... And in fact, I wish they'd done that and not fuck with, with the tempo. But hey, because that really pissed me off. It it was good. She can do better. It was good. And it just made me confused. That's why I started it with the intro to Dream Doll that I started. Because I just don't really understand what she's trying to do. I'm actually going to check out more Dream Doll interviews to find out what her plan is. Because I'm not going to lie, I haven't really seen much press from her. So I'm going to, you know, pay attention to her a little bit more this week and find out what she's about a little bit more in terms of her plan. Because she's very hungry for it. The way she's working towards it, the, the track she's jumping on, you know, the the, deci- the career decision she's made, um, the commitment to her. Like, if you guys look at um, the comments, people are even acknowledging that she's gotten a lot better. Um, there's one song, Tryouts, 
It's very, um, what's that song? Is it Biggie Dreams? Anyway, the one where he's talking about all the women he likes to fuck, the, the very disrespectful one. Um, yeah, that it's very reminiscent of that. It's like about all the, you know, these niggas that I used to fuck kind of thing. But it's good. It's good. It's really enjoyable. It's, um, you know, she she's spitting. Sorry, I'm not being very, you know, I sound lacklustre because I'm looking for it to make sure I got the name right. It's called Tryouts. I just wasn't 100% sure of the name. Yeah, it's called Tryouts. But yeah, it's good. She's really rapping on there. And you can see that people are acknowledging that, oh, okay, she's actually really working on her craft. So I'm just a little bit confused as to why, I don't know, I just feel like it's a weird plan to make people think that you can't really rap. I don't really get the marketing behind it. Someone needs to explain it to me. But hey, that's new music for this week. I got hot sauce in my bag. So on to the gossip portion of the music segment. segment. Um, So I'm going to give a little bit of time to what transpired after last last week's episode with the whole Jesse Nelson backlash, because I no longer care, honestly. Well, I mean, I didn't really care that much anyway. I cared more, honestly, about what I'm going to go into, and then I stopped caring. But yeah, I'm just going to address it a little bit, because quite a lot happened um, since our last conversation about it. So basically, I don't remember what day, I think it was Wednesday, Nicki Minaj and Jesse Nelson hopped on live to talk about this whole situation. Well, to be fair, they were promoing the track. They were just playing silly games, asking questions and stuff. I thought, honestly, the maddest part of the live was where her man walked in. We didn't see him, you know, the rapist. We didn't see him. He was off camera, but he walked in and we heard his voice. And she just happened to be in the middle of telling this story to Jesse about when she had a girlfriend in high school. Like she had a girlfriend at one stage in high school. And then he walked in and I just thought it was like icky that basically she went on to say, oh yeah, I'm just telling Jesse that, you know, me and you had a little girlfriend when we were dating in high school. And he was like, you don't have no girlfriend. Da, da, da. He, she said, nah, Z, Z. And she was calling him Z. His street name is Zoo for those that don't know. And I just thought it was icky to see that and Jesse laughing like, oh, you guys are so cute. I was like, oh, my God, that is what the problem in this live is for me. But anywho, so Nicki Minaj uh, addressed Leanne indirectly. And it was an interesting and stupid, um, interesting means stupid in this context, decision. Obviously, Nikki don't care. She's just choosing violence. Honestly, the reason why she's doing this is to create distraction around her own issues. We know that. It's very obvious because you know she doesn't give a fuck about Jesse. She doesn't give a fuck about what these girls are going through. She don't care. Like, this is business to her. So... All of this firing shots, what she's been doing, you know, she even had a little moment where she posted something. She said, hey, Jesse, we got all Lee bitches instead of these, because the sort of the word is these bitches in the song. She put Lee bitches and then she removed it a few minutes later. And people were like, oh, her team told her to remove that expedition. I was like, no, nah, Nikki don't listen to her team. Nikki don't listen to people. Obviously she does when it comes to certain things. Like she definitely listened to her team, probably current civil and then man who are telling her, do not Call, p- bring any attention to this situation don't clap back at any barbs like she's definitely listening where that's concerned but I don't, she doesn't strike me as someone who really like listens to instruction very well so I don't even think that was that it was just that's her tactic she does that and removes it quickly because she knows she doesn't need to have it there permanently it's just stress and drama that she don't really need to do because the barbs will 
print post the screenshots anyway and the intent will still be out there so that's just part of nikki's whole thing to me so all of what she's doing it's not necessary because it's not her business she just inserted herself into it but at the same time i don't particularly i'm not one that's like i feel like leanne's moving a bit funny and i'm gonna go on to that in a minute um but yeah Nikki inserting herself and making this whole drama worse was all about distraction for her. That's all. This was a fantastic. She said, oh, this story's doing numbers. It's taking over the timeline. Fantastic. This is what I need. It'll put, put you know, it'll, it'll distract people for another week at least. And that's exactly what she did. Um, but I'm just going to play the clip of, of what she said that got people in a frenzy. Doing business with you and getting money with you and that for 10 years. And then... And then as soon as we part ways, I'm like texting people, telling people to bring shit negative about you. Immediately, that person has to wear a big red clown nose and a pair of big red clown boots because you're a clown. When people part ways, go about your business. Because when you part ways and you do something messy to someone that you were just, you know, having, you know, whatever, whether you brought it up behind closed doors or what, when you try to bring somebody down because you see them continuing to try to pursue their passion, to make money, to feed their family, you are a clown. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It's a lot of women out here. I kept on doing business with you in the United States that tan, get bigger lips, Get all types of onto themselves. I wear blonde hair, straight blonde hair down to my feet if I want to, when I want to. Um, contact, whatever. Like, I do whatever the fuck I want. Everyone is, as long as you're not hurting anybody or speaking negatively about anyone's race or culture, you should be able to enjoy your body, your makeup, your whatever you want it to. If you've ever done business with someone and then you hold a text message and say, oh, when they when they try to do something else and when they try to move on with their life one day, I'm going to put this text message out and I'm going to end them. You've already ended yourself. You will not go anywhere. You won't go anywhere in the United States. I kept on doing... Sorry, guys. Shade room clips. So apologies for the audio. Um, a couple, sw- you know, they cut swear words. So that would have been the gats. But also Nikki, I saw the whole live and Nikki Minaj's signal Wi-Fi. I don't know what's up with these celebs Wi-Fi because it'd be shit. It's so trash. I'm like, where are you? Narnia? Like the fuck? So yeah, her audio was cutting out quite a bit in it anyway. So it was probably a bit of that too. But yeah, so what I won't lie. She sounded like a big fool when she was making the comparison about you know, her wearing blonde wigs and shit and da 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 Because that's not the same. Anyway, do you know what I mean? That's what people were latching on to. I, honestly, and this is what's frustrating me more. It's not that people are so outraged about this. It's just that they're trying to do the most for their own agendas, which is fine. But it's like, don't act like this is something that the black community are just so riled up about because people were bringing receipts about what she said about Miley and was like, oh, what well, you said this about Miley. So make it make sense like you're contradicting yourself are you not familiar with Nicki Minaj 
by now. She don't give a fuck about these things. She don't care about that. She cared about the fact that Miley was throwing shade at her in interviews. That's what brought on the Miley what's good moment. And then she said all of that stuff about Miley. Those were just excuses to throw out to the press and to hit us with because she knew that Miley was being dragged for it. And she said, fantastic, I'm going to say all of this too. And the black community going to ride with me because these things are what she's doing too. She was right about Miley, but she didn't care. It was all because she just didn't fuck with Miley. So I was just like, and maybe that's, these things are you, you guys' opinion, but I really think that it's important to not latch onto just anyone who backs what you think, because sometimes the messenger has their own motives for saying shit and you look like you don't know what you're talking about when you're saying, see, Nikki said it. Okay. And Nikki says a whole lot of bullshit. And what? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? But at the same time, ugh, what she said about Leanne I mean, again, it still doesn't mean anything. My point still stands with that because she's a fucking clown herself. So, you know, that's just a clown handing one red nose to another. If, in my opinion, you know what? Let me not. I don't want to put Leanne in the same league with her because she's a clown for a whole host of much more serious reasons. So I'm not going to do that but because she's a fucking clown herself. But at the same time, I will acknowledge the part where she said, Leanne, um, and I'm going to take my own advice and not just latch on to what Nikki says. I'm going to just deviate away from that and go on to what I think about Leanne, because honestly, what Nikki says is irrelevant because she has her own, like I just said, she has her own agenda about behind everything. But I'm not going to lie, before that live, and I think I actually expressed these sentiments on the No Shade pod, but I hadn't really given, you know, I hadn't really unpacked everything properly and really thought things through my head um, about why I felt, because, you know, sometimes you just get a feeling and you don't really get why you haven't fleshed everything out. And then when you look at certain things, you're like, nah, just, I'm not riding with it. I think Leanne tried to manipulate the black community by going against Jesse publicly and riding with her because of their own personal beef. I don't buy that she is so hurt and offended and outraged by the choice she's made with the boys video. There's not one part of me that is sitting here and believing that. I cannot lie to you. I think that she probably also wants a solo career. There is an article in the Daily Mail that has said that it's a rumor, but that all three girls now, Perry, Leanne and Jade are planning their solo careers. And I'm not gonna lie, even though it's just a rumor, I do believe that that is the case because all of this screams some kind of rollout because I'm not really understanding why all the shade, the subliminals, apart from, apart from the fact that all of them unfollow Jessie, you would think it's just Leanne that has a problem with her. And at first I was like, oh, okay, I guess because she's the mixed race one. So she, I guess they feel like she's the one that has to speak out on it. But I was like, no, because we forget Jade is mixed race as well. So why is it just Leanne speaking on how, how offensive this is? And I, I don't know. Do you know what it is for me? I'm going to go through my thoughts and, and how I got here. When I got went to Leanne's story and I saw that Amanda Seals spoken word poem that she posted where it was specifically that clip where she said, black girl magic, this is something that can't be imitated, emulated and da 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 da. And I said, okay. And that's all really cute and everything. But I just feel like that's a very tactical move because you know black women are going to respond to that and be like, oh, yes, this, like, yes, Leanne. Like, yeah, we... And don't do that, Leanne, because I haven't forgotten that when Talisa doubled down on her bullying and mistreatment of Misha B last year, you were back in it. You liked it. You liked the video. 
and you didn't speak to the things that Misha B was saying about you. You were very tactical and you played a part in how darker skinned women are treated where it comes to, you know, shows like X Factor and just, just, you know, the UK in general. You played a massive part in that. And I don't personally buy that you reached out to me should be privately to apologize. And honestly, if you did, it's still not enough. It needs to be public kind of thing because what you did to her was public. So yeah, I, I haven't forgotten that. So why, sh- and, and I haven't forgotten the one or two problematic things in the documentary. The fact that you would even include that scene about your man's tweets and he didn't even look sorry. Like he barely, bl- like, do you know what I mean? Like I felt like that's so offensive to dark skinned women to even put that in there because he looked blatantly unapologetic and it just, I don't know. It just makes it look fake. All of this that you're doing, it makes it look like you just did this documentary because the BBC gave you a check basically because you sh- you're still not understanding the seriousness of this. And, you know, there was a part where they were showing the tweets about people that didn't like the fact that she was doing um, this documentary for, for valid reasons. And she wasn't listening to them and she left up people's handles in there and stuff like that. She just, I just think she's problematic. And I, if it makes me uncomfortable how willingly she is, how, how happy she is to try and use us for her own personal agendas. And maybe I'm wrong, but that, and then her sister posting, we must be some dickheads. One of her friends that, is it Mace? Yeah, that Mace guy saying, oh, we begged you to stop doing this and da 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 I don't know if I buy that. I'm sorry. I just think that's cap. I, I don't buy that Leanne, like, which is it? Either you're aware of these things or you weren't. Because you you just said you weren't in the documentary and now you're saying you're, you were begging her for years to stop tanning so much and things like that. It's just not really adding up. And then for the guy to say, you know, now you have all black men pose as criminals to try and front this whole black guys are criminals aesthetic. It was like, if you look at the video, I personally think I need to look at it again. I'm sure there's more white boys, but fine. Cool. Let's ride off of this. They're trying to push black men to look like criminals. Cool. And then Vaz Morgan speaking up and doing think pieces and these dramatic open letters. And it's like, oh, all this and Black History Month. It just feels very much like black people are using, that they're using all the buzzwords to try and get black people on side. And I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Don't, be, don't believe that some of our people aren't out here being selfish and trying to do certain things for their own agenda. Because why should I ride with Leanne? based on this because let's say she's so offended and disgusted at this I don't know why you would be because you would know Jesse you know Jesse for 10 years you know what kind of music she's into I'm sure she would have given you a little bit of an inkling of what kind of music she would like to make if she was a solo artist I'm sure it's come up before or what she would have liked to do before you guys were put together as a group on X Factor because Kelly Rowland put them together on X Factor so if that hadn't happened like I'm sure you had the conversation around if that hadn't happened what music would you be doing so I just don't buy that you're that shocked And if you are, a phone call. What is the decision to make things public? Because at the end of the day, we we really need to ask ourselves this. Every time you see a tweet or a message that could have been delivered to someone privately and it's on social media, ask yourself why that person has done this. Because we don't need to be involved in your feelings on this situation. This is a stage. Why are you putting your issues and your feelings on stage for us to see? If you're so hurt and offended by it, why is the right choice to 
do something, put something out there that you know is going to send trolls after her in the comment section, in her DMs, which is a very nasty thing to do considering she's been very vocal about her mental health and that it stems from a lot of the abuse that she gets online. While I can speak to the fact that, yes, this whole... I don't like the word blackfishing because to me, I will stand on that. She does not look like a black woman to me. I honestly think the the black women around my age that are saying she looks exactly like a black woman to you, you're lying. I'm sorry, because you know you don't see that and think black woman. Sorry. Um, but yeah, we could definitely argue that she looks ambiguous and she's trying to do that to appear to all markets. That has been a marketing technique that has been used for years. It will be used. It will continue to be used until it doesn't work anymore, until someone really does something about it. And that's why I don't like all of this fake outrage because you're not actually that outraged because you know all you're doing is selling the song. If you were really outraged about it, you'd be plotting on ways that we could really, really eradicate it. Do you know what I mean? So I don't like, you know, when people are like, yeah, I'm speaking out on it because I think it's wrong and it's happened time and time again. But you also have vocalised that if the song slapped, it doesn't bother you that much. So that's kind of an admission that it honestly is not that much of an outrage for you. Number two, why we've been complaining for ages. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, ne- what next if you're really outraged? Sorry, went off on a little tangent there. Um, but what I was trying to say is I can acknowledge the fact that, yes, this ambiguous tactic, they're definitely trying that. Um, I can't sit here and say I'm so... I pick my battles because you have to as a black woman. Otherwise you would literally be outraged all day, every day. Do you know what I mean? This one is not one of mine because I've seen it so many times before. I'm just not going to sit here and say it shocks me or it bothers me that much, honestly, because they, they take the piss. White people take the piss. We know this. So I just, yeah. Anywho, while I can acknowledge that, yeah, that's happening. It also doesn't give Leanne, in my opinion, the right to do something that she knows is going to set the trolls on her just because, because it just because if you are, because I can't say like, let's assume for a second that she really, really was deeply outraged and offended and hurt by this. You, the, the fact that you feel that way doesn't mean that Jesse's mental health doesn't matter anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's where I feel on it. And I just feel uncomfortable that she tried to get, like she tried to us, she tried to get us to do support black women. I, I I truly feel that. And then Misha B had some things to say in my head. That was confirmation for me. I was like, yep, knew it. I had a feeling for a reason. I'm a very intuitive person. I'm sorry. I, I might not know. I know people will be like, you don't know her. You don't know. Yeah, but you don't either. So you don't know that hers. Uh, I can sit here and say, I don't think that her, that her actions have been genuine. While you can sit here and say, you think they are. Neither of us know her, but that's just what I feel. Um, oh, and the fake tweets. That's what I miss, actually. I, I should have mentioned before I go into Misha's tweets. I will say that some messages have been leaked where Liana's DM this guy called Nohan. I guess he's some kind of content creator who does funny videos. And he leaked them because um, uh, basically he was like, she was like, make a video about Jesse being a blackfish. And he said no and took it online. Of course, he was being messy and trying to attach himself to this story. But Leanne knows that when she DMs people. So I'm not going to lie. Again, I don't feel much sympathy because you DM'd him in the first place. I, I don't. I was actually quite amazed to see people like, nah, but what's he doing? Like, he's actually doing too much. Like, now, like, and they pulled out the mother of two. They pulled out now that, of course, the black woman is the bully. I said, you lot are really doing this. Don't be manipulated like this because she DM'd him. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? But anywho, apparently those DMs turn out to be fake. Again, question mark, because mm, 
If I'm Leanne and they're 100% false, I'm making a statement to say they're false. The fact that she didn't makes me think, are they fake? But I'll take that with a pinch of salt because I did see there's no blue tick in there, which is funny because I'm pretty sure blue tick should come up. So, but, but mm, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's what Nikki was addressing in the live, which makes me question. That's another thing that makes me question if it's real or not. Because while Nikki is messy and don't care, I feel like Jesse at least would be like, okay, to be fair, those messages did turn out to be fake. So, and maybe not. Maybe maybe, maybe it's in her best interest to just let Nikki write, you know, do what, do what it do in terms of, you know, promoting the song. But I don't know. I just felt like, why make your whole point and it make make what you're, you know, that you're basically inserting yourself based on false information. That was strange. So I will say that was funny, but I don't, you know, I, I'm not that sold on the fact that, that they're fake. They could be, they could be, I, I'm saying, you know, the blue tick is, is weird enough to make me question that they're real. Um, but anyway, so Misha B's tweets. So she tweeted this, uh, I think on Saturday, actually, I can't remember actually when she tweeted this, but, um, and I can't bother to do the calculation from six days ago. Anyway, a lot goes on behind the scenes of industry, excuse me, a lot goes on behind the scenes of the industry for artists. Some wild shit gets said and even wilder shit gets done. Then the internet is outraged. It's comical when you know shit ain't ever what it seems. Lol. Someone said, tell us the tea, Misha. We know you'll keep it real. And then she replied saying, don't believe everything you read, read slash see. Just like Squid Games, the people in power control whatever narrative they want you to follow. Stay woke. She's right. They control whatever narrative they want you to follow. That's why I ask questions about what everyone is doing now, why everyone is doing things they're doing now. And I promise you, when you start asking those questions, you're going to see that some shit just smells. Do you know what I mean? Um, in the last few years, we have witnessed an astonishing amount of performative behavior in light of BLM. I will not freely give away my rage or tears to somebody or something that suits us, um, that chooses to be about us when it suits their cricking narrative. Good night and God bless. As a black woman, please do not tell me what I should be outraged out at. You do not carry out. Oh God, why can't I talk today? As a black woman, please do not tell me what I should be outraged at. You did not carry me for nine months. Speak on it, Misha B. I love Misha B as well. Love her vibe. She does good music. I love her song Herbal Tea. She just, yeah, as you can tell she's a really beautiful soul. It just comes through even when you see her videos online and stuff. Um, but joke, sorry, I'm just reading this really funny comment. I have to say this. I did say Leanne, oh, I did say Leanne's Oh Sugar, I'm Black documentary was performative. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sorry. Oh shit, I'm black. Let me just, I'm sorry. But those are my feelings too. And yeah. And again, she's echoing my sympathies. I do remember my sentiments. I do remember that hot mess tulip, lol, accusing her of bullying Leanne and changing the competition for her. Yes, she did. So mm, I'm just... It's all, yeah, uh, Misha, what Misha B said, basically. That's how I feel. And I feel like people need to stop doing the most about every issue that we know nothing is actually going to get done. Absolutely, we should use social media as a tool for speaking up on everything. You can even speak up on this and keep it moving. That's my thing. I just didn't get why it was an ongoing story for a week. It was very weird. And it showed that people don't actually care about people's mental health. They care about mental health when it suits them. Because fair enough, you've all made your point. You've all said you think, think song shit. You've all said you think she's blackfishing. You think this, you think that, you think the other. 
cool. It, it kind of just kept going. And I was like, rah, you lot really don't care about people's mental health, do you? Because I'm not seeing, Jesse is not innocent. Even that live itself, even if I, so, so let's say I didn't agree with anything. Cause like I said, I agree in terms of the appearing ambiguous thing. I'm not going to go as far as say she's black fishing cause she don't look like a black woman to me. White women in Essex have been tanning severely for, for time. So I'm not particularly shocked or outraged, but I can see that some people are speaking to some real things that have been going on in terms of the music industry. Fair enough. Make your points, say your piece and be going. I don't understand why it has to be this pile on for a week. Because yes, I do think that Jessie didn't deserve it because I haven't seen anything that makes me think she's deserving of this. Not going to lie. Make your point and go. (laughs) Anyway, let me take my own advice because I've said a lot on this and I don't really have much else to add. Um, I'm just going to end the gossip portion by saying congratulations to Miss Eve. How you do that? Sorry, I don't know why I have to say the how you do that afterwards, but (laughs) I do. But Eve is pregnant, guys. She said the baby's due February 22, 2020. Wow, that's going to be a hard year to say. I haven't tried to say that loud before. 2022. Guys, that is going to be a mouthful. Fucking hell, get ready for it. I'm just going to say 2022. Anywho, 2022. Jesus Christ. Um, But yeah, this is her caption. Can you believe it, Mr. Gumball 3000? Oh my God, Mr. Gumball, you know. Um, That's um, her husband. We finally get to tell everyone, you all know how long we've been waiting for this blessing. We, oh, I guess they've been trying for a while. We get to meet our little human February 22. Oh, that's so cute. Congratulations to Eve and Maximilian, I believe her husband's name is. Um, yeah, congratulations to them both. I'm so happy for her. This will be our first child. And I feel like she's probably been wanting to make the announcement for a while. I feel like they told her to make it now because Queens will be out today, actually. The day that the, this podcast comes out, Queens, the new show on ABC that we talked about on No Shade, uh, on No Shade, you know, oh, I love those guys so much. I'm saying it, I, that I was on their podcast now. Um, but yeah, we talked, I talked about it with um, Esther and Aubrey from No Shade last week. And I think I put them on because I don't think they knew that much about it. And then when I showed them the music video and the trailer for it and everything, they were so excited. So I, th- I think I put them on. I hope they enjoy it. But yeah, I think because the show is coming out in a couple of days, they said, yeah, release it around that time so that it will be it's so annoying that you your personal life has got to spill into business like it's so annoying that I have to plan when I you know you know announce my child based around my work but I guess that's life in it I mean that might not be the case maybe they said you know maybe they don't really need the extra promo so maybe they she just decides to do it herself now but yeah either way congratulations to EVE we know how you did that <laughs> sorry couldn't resist um, but yeah, that has been music for this week. I got hot sauce in my bag. So this is the entertainment segment, but it's going to be very brief this week. Um, I'm just actually going to fill you guys in a little bit on what I've been watching. So clickbait, it's this mini series on Netflix that came out last month, actually, I'm pretty sure. But I finally got around to watching it because I've just been, what have I actually been watching to be fair? 
just, just every now and then just bullshit. I think I've been re-watching stuff one-on-one. I was listening to Off The Cuff, shout out to Off The Cuff, Vans and Foles, you know, guys know I fuck with you. Um, Vans actually put me onto it because I don't know, how does Prime let us know when new stuff is coming? Because I actually don't know. I just go on my Prime and I notice that it's new shit there. I don't know how they, so if I don't see it on my main page, I just won't know it's there unless it's literally a new Amazon Prime film, like the, like the Cinderella movie. I won't, and I'll see that on Twitter. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I need to start following the actual Amazon on Instagram and shit. But anywho, um, yeah, they've, oh my God, they've just got one-on-one. They've got half and half. They've got my wife and kids. They've got the America's Next Top Model. Oh my God, I have been having a ball. <laughs> so I've been re-watching a lot of shit I've watched, basically. Um, so I finally got into clickbait. I watched it all in one day. My God, I've never been so mad at an ending in my fucking life. Fuming. I'm not even going to go into the description of the... You know what? I'll give you a small description. Basically, this guy gets kidnapped and he puts up... uh, I'm sure you've seen the trailers, but just in case you haven't. This guy gets kidnapped. Nate from The Devil Wears Prada. Um, He gets kidnapped and his wife and children are worried. Um... But basically the crux of the story is he puts up these signs that he, it looks like he's been forced to up saying, I killed a woman um, at 5 million views, I die. So basically they're going to kill him when it gets to 5 million views. So it's basically about like trying to find this guy, but is he a sexual predator? Is he a murderer? Oh, oh, sorry. I forgot that one. The I abuse women card. He held that up as well. So obviously in, in the, it's very much, it's clearly a mini series that's trying to show us how mad online um, having social media has made people. Um, And I won't go into the details, but it's very, very good. It's a very good demonstration of that for sure. They did a good job with that. But, oh my God, when you find out who actually did it, because the guy, I I don't want to, should I give away spoilers? Anyway, when you find out who was responsible at the end, you're so fuming. It's so stupid. Yes. Spoiler? Mm. Cause yeah, it's a spoiler if you're going to watch it. Cause I don't feel like they make it so obvious what happens to him. So yeah, I won't spoil it. But what I will say is that thrillers are getting dumb. We don't need to be resorting to these very, very dramatic, irreversible decisions at every whim. We just don't need to do it. We don't need to do this for this reason. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. I was so mad because the entire time it's Griffith. I was literally on tenterhooks at the edge of my bed, sitting there watching. I never watch TV like that. I always watch TV comfortably. I was literally like, okay, I'm going to go downstairs and make food after this episode. Hooked. After this episode, hooked. Uh, that's why I just on the edge of my bed every time because I kept saying I was going to make food and I never and I never did. I just kept going. Uh, um, stomach was rumbling and everything. Well, I wasn't that hungry, clearly. But, you know, uh, I was so fuming at the end. I said, well, that's how's my life. I won't get back. So yeah, clickbait. It's a good watch until the end. That's what I'll say. <laughs> that, 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 those are my notes. Um, Real Housewives of Potomac and Beverly Hills. Have I got much to say about Potomac? Candice is a crazy person. I'm not going to go too deeply into Housewives. I do want to start talking about Housewives more on the show. So I will start doing that. But I got something really special planned soon. Um, in a few episodes because of the Beverly Hills reunions. There, there's a lot to unpack. And I just it's a conversation with a housewife fan is due. So I've got some, a really exciting episode coming soon. So I don't want to go too much into detail about housewives. But Candace is mad. Very mad. She has issues. 
And I'm so sick of Candice dancing, but why is it fine for this person to do this? And when Candice does it, it's da da da. And then they're just throwing colorism out there. Please stop using colorism in every argument when it's a dark skinned woman versus a light skinned woman. Please stop it. It just weakens your argument and makes it harder to prove when it's actually happening. Stop it. It's not every time a dark skinned woman and a light skinned woman are fighting that it's colorism. Sometimes a bitch just be acting up. And in Candace's case, a bitch be acting up. Now, yes, Giselle and Robin, in my opinion, are demons. I don't, I can't stand either of them. So what now? I give them smoke every Monday. So what now? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why people just assume it's colorism. What makes you think that everyone that's dragging Candace online loves all the light-skinned women? People, that's, people just forget. That's the thing. People forget that they get the smoke when it's their turn. I'm so confused. People have been getting smoke. Giselle's been getting cooked. Robin's been getting cooked. What online, what Twitter are you on? So I don't understand why. Karen's been getting cooked too. So I don't understand why. When it's Candace's turn, it's colorism. I don't get it. Candace has a reckless mouth. She asks for what she gets. I'm sorry. She's embarrassing. The fact that your husband can't even talk to you and try and like, do you know what I mean? Like, I know he can't, you know, control her, but you can't be calmed down or pacified, clearly. You don't understand when you've gone over the line. You don't understand what things, like she doesn't understand how to argue with people because she clearly thinks that any insult is of like is, is equal to the next. That's not the case, sis. When you throw out mums, you're, you're, you're making it different. You're playing with a different kind of energy because some people don't go there. And some people go to different places when family members, especially their mum, is involved. Don't get me wrong, Mia's not innocent because to say that, you know, her mum relapses is on her, well, Mia, stop being silly. But, because, you know, she was really worried about that she shouldn't have brought on the show. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm not going to say, but at the same time, Mia really didn't do that much to Candice for Candice to be, do- and she was crying while she was shouting at her and throwing food. Like, it's so embarrassing. You're having a temper tantrum. You are a grown woman. Because someone called your vidget low budget. Make it make sense. And then you're still continuing the next episode and she hasn't done anything to you since. That argument with Ashley, she was so thirsty to bring me into it. She said something about her, like Ashley said something about Candace having a dodgy clit, something to that effect. And Mia said, and she said, no, that's your friend over there and pointed at Mia. And I said, what is your obsession with Mia? You're not okay. And it's weird. Because when you're that person that people can't calm down and you're always getting into altercations and you don't understand how your mouth gets you there, sis, you need to step away, get some therapy, real therapy, not on-camera therapy, so you get to keep your job on the show, real therapy and assess, uh, you know, what's what's happening. Because you can't just be calling everybody's mum low budget when they piss you off. You can't do that. You just can't. And that's all I have to say about Potomac. Um, I did think it was hilarious that group of guys that bought them drinks just to get on camera, even though their wives were right there. Men will embarrass you publicly and feel no way about it. It's very sad. Her wife even like was like added herself in the conversation and said, oh, how nice. You're not going to buy your wife's drinks. I said, your, your wives? And they're over there. Oh. Anyway, I just thought that was hilarious. And I thought it was classy of Wendy to buy them all drinks. That was nice of her because, rah, men will embarrass you. Anyway, um, but, uh, Beverly Hills, again, because I know we're going to go into detail on this in my 
special episode. But, hmm. oh, there's so much to say. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bring Lisa, Rinna, and Dorit to the front of the congregation for today. Otherwise, I'll go on and on, and I promise I keep it brief. And it's late where I am at home, so I really can't be talking this loud for very long. But, <clears throat> Dorit, Dorit, you see you, yeah? You're a big buffoon, a big wallard, an imbecile. That's what you are. You're a ridiculous human being. For you to dare open your mouth and shriek at Garcelle the way you shrieked at her. I was so triggered. You look, I almost threw my shoes at my TV because I wanted to throw my shoe at this bitch in real life. Because how dare you? How dare you speak to me like I am your youth? Who the fuck are you? And she even had the audacity to say that she feels like Garcelle was picking at her on the show to make herself relevant. <laughs> A whole Garcelle bouvoir. Are you all right? Are you okay, Dorit? Who are you but your designer brands? But you think Garcelle bouvoir. Dorit, you're a big fool. A big fool. And I hope this is your last season because you have brought nothing to the show, let's be real. Like, and you know what? That's not fair because I only started disliking Dorit this season. I actually liked her before. She, I felt like she was... But to be fair, I'm starting to realise, is it that I was just kind of attracted to her by because she always looks good, basically? So that's that's a lesson in life. We live in a shallow world. So if you you look well put together, people tend to gravitate towards you in a certain way because I was really like... I can't really speak to her personality. Do you know what I mean? Like, she says funny things occasionally, but she's not really a funny person. Do you know what I mean? I can say she's nice, but she's not nice all the time. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, who is she as a person? What did I actually like about her? What did she bring? It was clearly just a lot of it was her looking good. Because, and I think also it's because she a lot of her conflicts were with Kyle and I didn't like Kyle. So maybe that was also part of it. But yeah. Dorit, bye-bye. I hope, I hope you disappear into thin air after this season because I'm so done with you. Everything, the way you treated Garcelle this season, you, it's, the shoe is on the other foot. What you have accused Garcelle of is exactly what you're doing. You are picking at her to make yourself relevant because you have nothing to talk about on this show. No one cares about you. No one cares about your Beverly Beach line or whatever the fuck it's called. No one cares about PK and what you're going for at home. You don't, you, for some reason, she doesn't seem to want to show her mothering side as much or maybe the show doesn't want to show it. I don't know because I always find it weird that we only see these quick exchanges with her kids so they don't show that so it's like sis what are you what are you bringing to the table bye go disperse i don't like you and rinna you you this fool oh god i'm really for some reason i can't think of any other adjectives to call them because they're it's they're such bitches but because they're so stupid on top of it it's just fool and walla that keep coming to my head do you know what i mean because they're so foolish like lisa Leave Garcelle alone. Why are you even... What Her decisions are so confusing. Why she chose to ride Erica's... Like, to, to lick Erica's ass so hard this season, I don't understand. These allegations are very serious. And to look this supportive, in my opinion, looks funny if I'm looking at 
deeply into Erica, which you know people are, it's very weird for you to attach yourself this closely to her. Why? Like, what has this girl done? Is she your side chick? I, I don't understand what this loyalty is for. <laughs> people aren't even this loyal to their sides. So please, I'm just, it's not making sense. It's It's something beyond supporting your friend because you should be able to support your friend and still protect yourself. And I don't feel like you're doing a very good job of protecting yourself. But anywho, there was that. And the way you've spoken to Garcelle this season and the reunion, how dare you? And you're someone that's supposed to be her friend. I just don't understand. If you had issues with, because I can understand that you throwing Garcelle a birthday party and her not even coming to yours, I think that happened on the show. I can understand that that could be upsetting to somebody that, you know, you consider a friend of Garcelle's and you feel like you're repairing your relationship, but you're not really over it. Address that. Speak to her one-on-one and have a real conversation. Because sometimes, to be honest, Garcelle to me comes off as someone that doesn't quite run to you and jump in your lap as soon as she's forgiven you. She gives me someone that's going to take her time, really, you know, it's, it's, I'm forgiving you, my heart is open, but I'm still, you know, mindful of being this close to you at the moment because I'm watching your movements because I don't know how much I trust you. I think she saw a lot of how she treated Denise and said, if you can treat her like that, you've known me for around the same amount of time. And I'm sure a little bit, of, you know, of it came into the fact that, you know, I'm the black woman on this show. I'm already, you know, exposed to certain you know, things that are not going to be the case for you guys. And I don't know if you love being aligned with me right now. I'm sure Garcelle's head was a little, because Garcelle's very smart, you can tell. I'm sure she was like, will you basically throw me under the bus at the first opportunity? Because it does, these things do make you uncomfortable. And clearly Lisa Rinna does have that head, which I'm not surprised about because Garcelle let that bomb rip that you know somebody told her that Rinna said she didn't like the fact that she kept talking about race this is not this is not supposed to be that type of show she's made it into a different show essentially I believe with every fiber of my being that Lisa Rinna said that shit she just didn't expect her to bring out of the reunion but she said that shit I believe that. And that's why she was so upset. And that's why she had to run over to her and hug and make amends because she knew that a flogging was coming. And the only hope she had was fixing things with Garcelle because she knew that people would believe she said that shit because she gives off that energy of a white woman that would say that shit. (laughs) So yeah, I believe Garcelle. She said that shit. And even Kyle's face, if you saw Kyle's face next to her, I think it was Kyle that even told her that shit. And Car would know. So yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm not going to get into Erica, even though that actually it wasn't the main event. She was weird. She was very much trying to insert herself in moments that were not about her, which I found so odd because you should be so relieved that you are not in the firing line right now. Sis, you know the next three episodes are going to be about you. Why? Wh- we'll get to you. Calm down. Why are you? I, I just felt, so I was like, is this why you stupidly went on the show? What, what is it? Was it a terrible idea? Because you just thirst for attention because no one's talking to you right now. But anyway, that was Beverly Hills. We will unpack it. Definitely, you know, watch out for my future shows, you guys. In every episode, I'm going to be saying some housewife shit because I've always got a lot to say. You. You's back. You season three. Now, I really have to be brief here because spoilers and that. 
I haven't even finished it myself, so I can't give you all the spoilers, even if I wanted to. But all I am going to say is, oh my God, love, you scare me. Like, for obvious reasons, because you're a murderer. But love, you cannot be murdering everybody that pisses you off, sis. You just can't do it. It can't be like, oh, that guy cut me off in traffic. Boom. Slice his throat. You can't do that, sis. That didn't happen, you guys. <laughs> but <laughs> love is that bitch. That's the type of woman she is. Anyone that just, anybody. Anybody that pisses me off can get it. She's on that vibe. It's so scary. And while Joe is also a psychotic killer, yes. And I cannot believe I'm actually saying which killer is better than the other. But at least his kills are calculated and premeditated and they make sense at least in his head for what he's trying to do it doesn't make sense to us obviously but you know what I mean let me know you know what's right that they don't make sense they're, they're all crazy but you know at least Joe covers his tracks do you know what I mean and he doesn't really set out to kill people because thus far in season three I can't lie it's actually very surprising how self-aware he is I think this is what the season is about is to show us that he's actually quite self-aware in terms of his mind and what his urges can do and where the places it can take him. He's very aware of that. And he's actually trying to control them. So he hasn't actually killed thus far where I'm at in the season. And I'm on episode nine. So I'm pretty far in and he ain't murdered no one yet. That's all I'm going to say. That's the only spoiler for you guys. But that's not saying much because if he really wanted to, you know, really, really wanted to save people and control his urges, he'd go to therapy. But I mean... Mm-hmm. He'd go to therapy and speak on these issues, should I say? But yeah, you. But it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant writing, brilliant acting. They're going in this season. They're really going in. The writers done a great, doing a great job. The actors doing a great job. I really like it. I'm, I'm gonna have to think about whether I want to do some kind of content on you because there's so much to unpack with Joe and love. They're so layered as characters. We're really finding so much more about them this season. It's really, really great. And it's so amazing that while we're bringing women into the forefront, how I can acknowledge that love is a psychotic murderer, but at the same time feel sorry for her that she's lost 40 because they're twins. And, you know, I can imagine that losing your twin, it's like you feel like a part of you is literally missing, like literally like a chunk of your soul has been ripped out. Like I can imagine that that's what it feels like. And she does this thing where she texts him, even though obviously he's dead. And I just think, oh, that's so sad. And like, but I think it's actually quite healthy. Like they kind of on the show act like it's a weird, unhealthy thing she's doing. I think it's actually very healthy. It makes sense that it would make you feel better to text your twin and, you know, make it feel like for a second he's he's here to talk to, even though he's not. And she's getting out thoughts and emotions and feelings that she doesn't share with anyone, even Joe. So I think that's healthy personally, but you know, at some point she deletes his number. And I'm like, no, why are you doing that, sis? I think that's that's a part of you that's normal, sis, in my opinion. But hey, and I'm just going to finally finish. And I will talk about this show in more detail this week because I do love it. And there are not enough people discussing it, in my opinion. Um, but The Morning Show. So The Morning Show is an amazing TV show, one of the best TV shows out right now. Uh, Main characters are Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell. I mean, that in itself says enough. Do you know what I mean? Those three being the main characters of the show, it's pretty enticing, you know, as someone who, you know, loves film and TV. Um, 
And I don't think I've ever seen Steve Crow in any other TV show but The Office. So I was very intrigued. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the morning show is basically for a brief background. It's about, um, so basically Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell play these two hosts of the show called the morning show. So it's essentially like think ITV, um, think the, um, excuse me, this morning, basically for us in the UK, that would be Holly Willoughby and, um, Peter, um, Philip Schofield, sorry, Peter, <laughs> Philip Schofield, that man, um, in America, what would be the equivalent? Um, my, my first thought is Regis and Kelly. I know it's not on air anymore, um, but yeah, I think is Regis even dead? Oh, rest in peace. I think he's dead, you know, rest in peace if he is. But yeah, so that's the kind of vibe that it's on. Um, the morning show actually does remind me of Regis and Kelly. Maybe that's kind of how they modeled it. Um, but like, maybe that's kind of what they based it on, should I say? But yeah, um, not the story, the, the, the actual show, I mean. Because even the, from what I remember, the you know, the big table and everything. I'm pretty sure that's Regis and Kelly set up too. So I think it's kind of designed up with that in mind, especially being a male, female co-host as well. But yeah, anywho. Um, so Steve Carell is a big pervert and sexual predator, rapist. So he was, you know, sleeping with and sexually assaulting um, a few women um, that he worked with. It, that worked in the network. A lot of women, actually, not even a few. It sounded like it was a lot. And the... And the beginning of the show actually starts with him being fired and the network is scrambling to replace him and they end up replacing him with Reese Witherspoon. But yeah, I just think the show is amazing and I'm really, really enjoying season two. I love that they're making it in real time. So it starts January, 2020 season two. So we're going to get the pandemic and how it affects us. There's so many themes and layers to it. I'm going to give it a proper segment next week. So I really do love this show. And yeah, that will be really, really dope um, for next week. And I just think you guys should go watch it. It's not heavily promoted because Apple TV Plus is not a heavily promoted streaming platform. Um, I don't really know why Apple, I guess they've got so many fucking products. They're not really investing much time in this, but I really think they need to work on it because it could be great to have um, we're making so much good, we're in time we're making really good content right now. Do you know what I mean? And people are going to subscribe to Apple plus TV and it's, especially with the morning show as the biggest promo on there, you know, Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Anderson, that's going to attract people. I just don't get why they don't push and promote more. It's just very strange. And especially considering this, from what I hear, the other shows are not very good. I did want to see defending Jacob. I still might. Um, but I'm trying to take a break from, you know, all the dark stuff because everything that's new that's coming out, is very dark and, and negative. <laughs> so I'm trying to stay away from it. It's hard because a lot of that is what happens in life, which is why people write about it. But yeah, either way, the morning show is amazing. You guys subscribe to Apple TV plus just for one month, get the free trial. I promise you won't regret it and watch the fucking show. It's so great. Reese Witherspoon and and Jennifer Aniston are playing the fuck out of their roles. So Steve Carell, it's hard for me to appreciate him as much as the women, unfortunately. And that's not your fault, Steve. No, 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 it's not. Because that means he's playing the fuck out of the role. Because basically he's making me hate him. So he's playing the fuck out of the role. And I love that. So you guys, that wraps up the show for this week. But you know where to find me. At The Underrated Podcast on Instagram and at Underrated Pod on Twitter. You can also find me, your host, Hannah OJ at I am Hannah OJ on all platforms. But for now, oh, and also you guys, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and rate me five stars. I would really appreciate it. I really would. Um, but for now, you guys, 
I'm out for this week. But yeah, let me know what part of the show you enjoy the most on Twitter by hashtag underratedpod. You know, I love to hear from you guys. And yeah, bye.